Jordan. Hey there, Brian. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm good, too. I mean, it's a Monday. It is a Monday. Hashtag Monday feels. Yeah. Hashtag Garfield. <laughs> but I'm ready to podcast with what are you. We, what are we podcasting about today? Jordan? Well, if you've ever wanted to hear Alma 43 through Alma 49 before, let's just say you're a lucky duck tonight. You're a lucky duck. Okay, so who's abridging, me or you? I'm abridging this time, my friend. That's good, because I did not prepare for that. I wrote a lot, and okay. I'm sorry. Here we go. <laughs> Abridging the records. Okay, so if you remember the end of last episode, Alma talked to all of his sons. He called Corianton a whore. He called Shiblon a drunk. And then he's like, let's go teach some people after that. So they all got teaching, and then it's like, but wait, there's a war going on, so let's learn about the war. Um, also back last episode, Zoramites were like trying to get with the Lamanites to come and attack the Jershon people. Are you muting your microphone? No. Okay, you're pressing buttons. Because uh, every noise and sound you make is important to this podcast. I understand. It's a, it's a fidget <laughs> thing. I'm just okay. fidgeting with the knobs. I know. I, bridging, me bridging makes me nervous also. Let's see. So they're about to attack the land of Jershon, which is where the Ammonites live, but they put a Nephite army there. Um, so the Zoramites officially like become part of the Lamanite chapter. Um, the Amalekites are also part of this group, which I don't remember the history of the Amalekites. Do we know? Amalekiah? No, no not the Amalekites. There's the Amalekites. Amalekites. I can't remember. But they're they're part of it too, and then there's. But the Amalekites are also formerly Nephites. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, yeah, and it even goes very multiple times throughout these chapters. It's like, and the bad Nephites were way worse than the Lamanites. Mm-hmm. Lamanites just feel like they get used a lot. Yeah. In this one. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty anyway. much the whole Book of Mormon is about how the Lamanites get used. <laughs> right, right. So they appoint a leader named Zarahemna. This is the Lamanite army. Zarahemna, and he appoints leaders of all of these groups to get, get them angry and focused to go fight the Nephites. So the battleground is set. It's the Nephites fighting alone, although the Ammonites are giving them support. But not in the form of fighting, so like food and constructive criticism. <laughs> you sure you want to swing your sword like that? I don't, you don't even swing a sword well. Just, uh, be, try to be helpful. Doesn't mean I don't watch people swing swords. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of a. I uh, saw my grandfather be killed by a sword. <laughs> yeah, we get it, Ammonites. You don't fight anymore. Uh, okay. Your sword's not as glittery as the ones that we buried. <laughs> our, our swords are so shiny. <laughs> Um, so, but the Lamanite army now includes all the descendants of Laman and Lemuel, the sons of Ishmael, Nephite dissenters, Amalekites, Zoramites, and descendants of the priests of Noah. So they got a little bit more diversity going for them, um, which is a positive. So these Nephites have a secret, not sacred weapon, Moroni. Enter Moroni. He's 25 years old. He's so ripped. He's crazy strong. He's the captain of the armies now. Everyone loves listening to a 25-year-old. So so, uh, Nephites do the smart thing and they make armor. And the Lamanites take a more style over functionality approach that we often see in female heroines in movies. Like Tomb Raider. (laughs) Like, why wouldn't you wear more clothes? You're in the jungle. Yeah. Um... Although the new Tomb Raider, she's more practical. Anyway, the Lamanites decide not to take Jershon head on. Um, so they just kind of are hiding in the wilderness around Jershon. 
And Alma is praying to figure out where the army should go. And so Moroni basically just puts his army wherever Alma says he should put his army. It says he secretes his army, which is the grossest way you could ever say that. <laughs> but that's what it says in the scriptures. Um, many battles happen. There are many works of death on both sides. Works of death is overused in this reading, but mm-hmm. it sounds kind of cool. Um, Moroni's army basically just encircles the Lamanite army and kills a ton of them. Zarahemna gets scared, and then it says when Moroni noticed he was scared, he's like, whoa, I didn't realize I was scaring you. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then they stop fighting. <laughs> so Moroni gives him an ultimatum, which at this point, I think we'll have some criticisms of Moroni later, but at this point, it's pretty fair. It's like, stop fighting or we're going to kill you all. Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty fair. But then he goes a little bit further, and he's like, and when we kill you all, we'll decide which one of you are in bondage now. Like, you guys are going to start doing slavery now? Yeah. Um, so that was a little crazy. Um, so Zarahemna, like, he agrees, but then Zarahemna's, like, kind of mad, and so he charges at Moroni. But one of Moroni's soldiers scalps him mm-hmm. as he's running. To, I don't know how you scalp a person who's in mid Sprint. Maybe they had long hair. It just grabbed him from behind. And... It was just ready to come off anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He didn't really scalp him. He just pulled off a chunk of his <laughs> hair. I scalped him. Um, and the, so then that soldier has this fresh scalp in his hand and decides to make a powerful allegory using visual aids. Mm-hmm. And he says, just as this scalp falls to the earth, if you guys don't surrender, all of you will fall to the earth. He could have just been more direct and been like, I'm going to scalp everyone. Yeah. (laughs) But it's such a weird... He's like, yeah, because you know like how gravity works? Yeah, we get it. We get it, soldier of Moroni. They they did not get how gravity works. (laughs) That's actually probably true. Um, So some of the Lamanites surrender, but Zarahemna is pretty mad. Um, But he probably should have stayed down, but I guess he lost his head or something. (laughs) That's a stupid joke I just realized I wrote. Uh, So he makes the Lamanites fight some more and they kill them all again and then Zarahemna decides not to fight anymore and the Nephites are happy about peace now we cut back to Alma and his son Helaman Alma prophesies to Helaman that everyone will die 400 years after Christ comes all the Nephites will be wiped out and he also says and don't tell anybody this mm-hmm. which is a weird maybe you have more on that later I don't even understand the point of it but well, also I, I understand the point of it I'm excited to talk about it for okay. sure yeah, he, he says, this is something you can't repeat. <laughs> the, everyone you know will die. Which is funny, because 400 years, like, that's a couple generations, but... He probably hadn't taught Helaman about death yet, so... <laughs> yeah. Everybody dies, dude? <laughs> uh, he's about to give him the plates. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a five-year-old. And so this is the last thing Alma says ever, mm-hmm. and then he just goes away, and we're never here from him again. There's some speculation which I think is probably just overly positive thinking, saying, like, he probably got, like, taken up to the Didn't, angels. did like, Moses get translated? Which he probably just fell in a ditch and, like, I, I you know. Well, we'll talk about that, too, because that's another fun little... These are great... These are great sections of scripture. I mean, great as in, like, they're hilarious. But... <laughs> Valma was one thing. It's funny. He's hilarious, uh... dude, Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so that part... I didn't... I didn't, never really thought about the end of Alma before. Like, I've read that before, but that's kind of... And again, why is this book called Alma? Like, why is the rest of this book called Alma? Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure once Helaman gets it, Helaman starts writing, but I'm... This is heavily Mormon, I think, talking in this this section. Okay. But we'll get to it. Okay. So, uh, 
Alma's gone, so now it's just Helaman and his bros go out to teach. Um, but Nephites are getting prideful again. Jeez, what's the deal with pride, you know? It's got more cycles than a Whirlpool washing machine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Does anybody notice that there's like this cycle of like pride going on in here? Uh, What's the deal? Okay. Jerry Seinfeld, Mormon bit. What's the deal with the pride? (laughs) Why can't you just be happy? (laughs) I'm going to have to get some pride pods for this. Tide pods. Never mind. <laughs> does he do a Tide pod bit? <laughs> he does a bunch of stuff about Tide, but okay. You see, it's the washer and dryer. Never mind. I had a good joke. You're the comedian. I'm not. And so you made ahead. it better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, this guy named Amalekiah rises up, and he's not a fan of the church. He just wants to be king, <laughs> which I think all of these are okay things <laughs> to want. Uh, the people that were um, against. Helaman are big fans of this guy. He gets a following. When a Moroni hears about this, oh, he's not happy, Brian. Not happy at all to hear about old Malachiah. So what does Moroni do? Well, he tears up his coat and he writes on it. And then what he writes is, In memory of our God, our religion, and freedom, and our peace, our wives, and our children. And he put it at the end of a poll. And then he called it, The Title of Liberty. I just realized how it, nothing in that has anything to do with liberty. <laughs> like, it, I've known this story for so long, and I, this is the first time I've actually read it and be like, yeah. why does that mean liberty? <laughs> is the poll in memory? What's in memory? Is him ripping a shirt in memory of... It makes no sense. Uh, anyway, so Moroni goes off on a... There's a lot of visual aid exercises here, and he's like, just... Like this garment that I ripped up. If we fall into transgression, the Lord will rip us up. And then like how I'm trotting on it now, we will be trodden on like a garment. Just feel like Alma's up in heaven being like, dude, the metaphor thing, you're not a prophet. Yeah, stick, not. To, stick to the fighting. It's not. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> and uh, so he gives all these things. But then Ronette goes a little bit crazy because the Amalekites. The Malachiites. Malachiites. Yeah. Are now leaving, presumably to go be with the Lamanites, because they've had enough of this place. Well, they wanted to be, they wanted kings, right? You skipped right. over the part where they said that they wanted to bring the king back to. Well, you said well, you they wanted want he king. to be king, but yeah. And so now they're like, okay, we're going to go into the south, right? Um, so then comes one of the most bonkers scriptures in the Book of Mormon, and it came to pass that whomsoever of the Amalekites that would not enter into a covenant to support the cause of freedom, that they might maintain a free government, he caused to be put to death. <laughs> and, there, and there were but few who denied the covenant of freedom. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you gotta, yeah. we got to protect freedom. Yeah. Listen, we need to be so free that we need to force people to be free. <laughs> If you don't want to be free, yeah. you're going to die. <laughs> oh, you're not leaving. You're going to stay here and die. <laughs> um, you're free to leave whenever you want. Yeah. This life. <laughs> so Amalekiah, am I saying it right? Amalekiah. Amalekiah, right? yeah. Uh, he, get, he, gets, he doesn't get put to death. He gets to the Lamanites. And here's this section is a crazy Frank Underwood House of Cards thing to the top yeah it's, it's pretty nuts it's actually. actually really cool to think about like again if joseph wrote this how clever this idea is right uh 
Because, it, yeah, it works. It's not. So first he goes and meets with the Lamanite king. And he's just, like, talking crap on the Nephites. Like, you should go fight him again. I know he, like, died last time, but we should go fight him again. And the king agrees. He's like, yeah, that we should fight them. But he sends out word to all the people. And people are like, they'll kill us. We probably shouldn't fight them. And so the Lamanite king gives Amalekiah an army, saying, use this army to go get people to fight for us. Right? Mm-hmm. So Amalekiah goes, uh, <laughs> uh, but he has ulterior motives because he really just wants to be king that's Mm -hmm. his whole thing so he takes this army and he goes to like this other lamanite camp of warriors i Mm -hmm. guess with a leader who's named the lahontai lahontai yeah how do you say it lahontai or lahontai lahontai it's like lahontai 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 um he tries to meet with lahontai multiple times lahontai is hard to get he try he sends word three times and then Lontai says no each time, and then he's like gets a little bit closer to Lontai's camp and asks again. And this is this passage is often used as like the devil tries to tempt you and get yeah. you closer and closer, mm-hmm. which I don't think is an accurate like lesson this is trying to teach at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Poisoning by degrees. Yeah. Oh. So Lahontai does meet with him, and Amalekiah is like, "Okay, here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna encircle all of my army." And then I'm going to wake up in the morning and act like super surprised that you're there. And then they'll be like, let us surrender so that we're not going to be killed by them. And I'll be like, ah, I guess so. And then you make me second in command, Lahontai. And Lahontai's like, yeah. And Lahontai does this. They, the armies combined. And then Amalekiah poisons Lahontai and becomes the leader of this army. Then Amalekiah goes back to the king of the Lamanites, who assumes, oh, he's gotten the army, and they're going to go fight the Nephites. Mm-hmm. And Amalekiah sends his servants to go greet him, and they do some formal Lamanite greeting. But as they do it, they stab him and kill him. Mm-hmm. And then they tell everybody else that it was his own servants who did it. And they start running. Right. The serv- other servants start running. Um, because they so- don't want to die. <laughs> right. And so the people who like the king flee and also the servants flee and then they're like oh we probably should tell his wife so they tell his wife and she's like wow i totally believe everything you say <laughs> um, maybe we should get married i don't think they had a good marriage to make this happen so quickly um, <laughs> so amalekai and his newly acquired army well he stays in the land of nephi where the lamanites are but he sends starts saying the army towards zarahemla uh, Moroni is also preparing, but I don't know if you know this. He's like a super good dude, even though he doesn't. He's good at killing. He doesn't like it, and if it seems like he likes it, it's probably just because he doesn't actually like it. It's just unnecessary, and he has to do it. So it's when he does kill people, he's like, "Ick, I don't want to do this." But he's really good at it, and like he kind of like gets really pumped when he does it, but he actually doesn't really like it. Um, just so we're clear on where Moroni stands yeah. on war. Uh, so on, there's a whole chapter about how he doesn't like war very much, which is one of those. Me think he protests too much. Right. Um, so I then, think I butchered that quote like uh, Arrested Development. <laughs> that is and to thy own self be true. <laughs> and to me, thy sweet, sweet lord. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then on November 10th, 72 BC. Another one I love that weird... you interpret the, the like directly to our calendar. It would have to be, right? No. There's an 11, the 12-month calendar has been around forever. Forever? I don't know. The Gregorian calendar has been around forever? Yeah, the Mayans. Keep going, keep going. The Mayans who were before this. (laughs) 
Okay. But they're just saying there's never been a month that wouldn't. They haven't said like the 20th month. It's all been 1 through 12 That's so true. far. That's true. Good point. So November 10th, Brian, <laughs> 72 BC. We just had the anniversary of this date a few weeks ago. Um, the armies make their way to the Nephites, but the Lamanites didn't realize that Moroni had made this place into a mother effing helm's deep with trenches. Ammonihah, right? Uh, yeah, they're in Ammonihah in the land of Noah. Well, they go to Ammonihah. It's way too hell's, helm's deepy. So right. they go to, to Noah thinking, well, no one protects Noah. Yeah. No one cares about Noah. And then they were like, no way. <laughs> um, that didn't make sense. Anyway, they couldn't breach either of those places. The army gets pushed back. Amalekai is super mad to hear this, and he promises to drink Moroni's blood, which, don't we all wish that? It'd probably make us more stronger and spiritual if we were able to do that. And that's where the story ends today. Jordan, right. that was a really good abridgment. I don't know I, if it was. I but... know, I liked it. It was good. <laughs> I felt like I went through all the same emotions as reading it. Okay, it's a good. roller coaster. <laughs> okay, some righteous anger. Yeah. Righteous anger. Jordan. Today we podcast for our liberty, our lands, our wives, our children, our peace, and our religion. <laughs> I have a pretty short uh, righteous anger, and that's how many times in this set of chapters is it like we cannot go to war unless it's to defend ourselves, and you cannot go to war and like just attack people. And I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> we are in trouble. <laughs> I mean, and then uh, you know I started thinking a lot about the wars that America has participated in, and I think. The only one that really kind of makes sense in my mind is probably World War II. The only because there were like millions of people being killed at the time and we were like trying to interfere with or intervene there. Right. We didn't know that though. So shame on us. <laughs> we just went to war because someone attacked us. We didn't know the Holocaust was happening? No. Not until we got there. Really? Yeah. Did nobody know about it? Like was it um, I think some people expected. I don't want to get too far into the weeds here. Okay. But I would just say that since then, since World War II... We have been, how would you say this? Uh, the evil empire. <laughs> George Lucas did famously say that the empire is based on America. The rebels are based on terrorists. So next time you're cheering for that rebellion, realize Whoa. that you're a terrorist. Because then uh, the lady that wrote Handsmaid's Tale said that Star Wars was responsible for the 9-11 attacks. <laughs> she, said, she said that? Yeah, she did wow. say that. Well, that's a weird thing for the hands made tell person to say. Okay, anyways. Uh, I just, I, very shortly, because there's lots and lots of fun stuff to talk about. I think that some of the way that we delight in war in our culture, especially Utah culture, which is we're very supportive of any kind of armed military because we want to say, oh, everyone's like Moroni or everyone's like the armies of Helaman. No, all of them are protecting their their homes and, and places of worship. If someone was coming to attack us on our soil... If someone, like, there was an army on the way, yes, then we would be, like, time to fight. And I actually have, I, that's the only way I would consider fighting in a war. I would never fight in a war anywhere else, except if it's like, oh, someone's coming to Utah to take away our homes? Sure, let's fight. Right. That's it. That's the only time that war is justified. So, uh, some of the war worship that happens in our church, I think, is very unrighteous. But then again... I don't want to judge. <laughs> but I think even Moroni doesn't follow. Like when he's executing no. people for not. Yeah. I mean, but he is a 25-year-old. So what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Who appointed this guy? <laughs> he's so ripped, though. <laughs> so I, I, my my 
biggest takeaway from these uh, chapters is war is bad. We shouldn't do it. Only if someone comes and attacks us. That's it. End of story. And even then, you should, like, not kill people and make them promise not to, to do anything. You just go, leave. Yeah. So If you notice they're scared, they'll be like, whoa, I didn't realize I was scaring you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's righteous anger that's good that was good likening the scriptures likening the scriptures okay brian my likening today isn't very long either and mine's kind of it's kind of a an righteous angering the scriptures almost okay not really good. it's a thing that annoyed me okay in these but it taught me something. Okay. Uh, how should I present this? Yeah. Let's say let's say, you and I planned a podcast today. Okay. I texted you last weekend. I said, hey, Brian, let's podcast Monday. You showed up. We did the podcast. Does that make me a prophet? Because <laughs> I, I, I prophesied <laughs> that into happening. Okay. Or let's say I look at the jazz schedule and like, oh, the jazz are playing on Tuesday. And I turn the TV on and the jazz are playing on TV. Well, I could make an argument that that is prophecy. Because if you'd have told someone living in this time that you stared into a piece of glass and it lit up and said, here's when the jazz will play. And then you turn on a giant piece of glass on your wall and you can see them playing. That would definitely be considered prophecy. But go, okay. keep going. Keep going. Fair enough. Okay. Here's the, here's the part. Yeah. I think... The Book of Mormon's great. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think they need to like lower or actually raise the bar as to what is considered prophecy yeah. in these scriptures that we read okay. today. Because just saying something will happen and then it happens isn't necessarily prophecy. So earlier I told you the story. I mean, I recapped the story mm-hmm. of the soldier that scalps. The guy mm-hmm. puts his scalp on the tip of a sword mm-hmm. and said, hey, all of you, if you don't stop fighting, you will all drop as this scalp drops. And then I assume he dropped the scalp <laughs> yeah. on the ground. Okay, so they fight again. And then in verse 18 of whatever chapter this was, it says, but behold, their naked skins and their bare heads were exposed to the sharp swords of the Nephites. Yea, behold, they were pierced and smitten. Yea, and they did fall exceedingly fast before the swords of the Nephites, and they began to be swept down, even as the soldier of Moroni had prophesied. (laughs) Not a prophecy. He just said there was just the he was in direct control of it. He said, I'll kill you if you don't do this. That's not either way, if they had decided not to do it, the word by this definition it would be a prophecy still. The word chapters get really weird in that like all of a sudden things that are religious don't make any sense it's as if someone dropped the plates on the ground and captain and i picked him up and was like "Ooh, i could do this <laughs> and then i prophesied no that's just you that's a literally this is the first time of a self-fulfilling prophecy we will kill you if you don't do this and then we killed them thus fulfilling my prophecy of me saying i would kill them exactly so here's here's my theory actually yeah. i think moroni did all of this mm-hmm. and then looking back on it He's like, oh, that's not really a prophecy. And so he came up with this character, the soldier of Moroni. <laughs> they don't even name him. <laughs> so I'm just saying, Brian, so here's how we'll liken this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we think things are acts of acts of God mm-hmm. in our lives or acts of the devil. Mm-hmm. But if you just say something 
and then you carry it out. It is not a prophecy. <laughs> and this wasn't really liking the scripture. I really liked it, though. We kind of reversed roles there. Okay, let's get into some AP Mormonism. Yeah. Lots to say. AP Mormonism. Oh, man, I'm just laughing because... I, I just d- really don't like Captain Moroni. I'm just going to say that right now. I've never liked Captain Moroni. I still don't like Captain Moroni. And Sherry Dew can ha- find her Captain Moroni and she can be happy. I think he's a jerk. Here's a, this opinion, which I first got from you. I mean, I agree with this opinion now. But yeah. a lot of my opinions on Book of Mora Matters were you telling me things mm-hmm. on the, our mission. Yeah. Um, this was like the first fight my wife and I really had. Because I was like, I don't think Captain Moroni's that really good of a guy. And she was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Girls love Captain Moroni. It's because the closest that Mormon girls get to reading, like, erotic literature. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, he's so... I just have to call back again. How ridiculous it is how buff we make all these people. Yeah, in the scriptures. Like, think about, like, biblical paintings and things like that that are, like, like realistic. They can barely eat. (laughs) Get to the Book of Mormon (laughs) and we're jerk. Although, Moroni being on steroids would explain a whole lot. (laughs) Yeah, they must have had creatine in the waters of shiblon or whatever (laughs) okay so alma uh, 43 uh, verse 2 um now we shall say no more concerning their preaching and i said hey just like this podcast (laughs) they finally got it (laughs) that part's boring same page (laughs) that's funny um alma 43 3 um and now i return to the account of the wars between the nephites and the lamanites in the 18th year of the reign of the judges uh who's talking (laughs) who's i yeah, I, I was so Narrator lost. jumps in. I guess they call the, this why they call this the Book of Mormon because Mormons like I, yeah. <laughs> me. Uh-huh. Uh, Alma forty three six. Um, and now, as the Amalekites were more of a wicked and murderous disposition than the Lamanites were in and of themselves, therefore Zarahemna appointed chief captains over the Lamanites, and they were all Amalekites and Zormites. Interesting to note that former Nephites were the worst in the group of Lamanites. While the Ammonites are the best people in the group of Nephites. Right. So That's cool. I mean, this has been my basic thesis from the beginning of the this whole podcast is the Nephites are the ba- are the villains of the Book of Mormon. The Lamanites are the heroes. Anyways. Um, I think you'll get some heat for that comment. I don't care. Uh, Alma 4311, <laughs> yea, and they also knew the extreme hatred of the Lamanites towards their brethren, who were the people of Anti-Nephi-Lehi, who were called the people of Ammon. And they would not take up arms, yea, they had entered into a covenant, and they would not break it. If therefore, if they should fall into the hands of the Lamanites, they would be destroyed. So this is a war to defend the Ammonites. And so it is a just war in my book. Right. Like, this is a just reason to go to war. Yeah, but what makes me wonder is if Moroni hadn't been... Like, I guess this is before Amalekai gets yeah, kicked out, this right? is not... Yeah, this, yeah. We, we'll get to that part. Okay. Um, Alma 43.13, the Nephites were compelled alone to withstand against the Lamanites, who were a compound of Laman and Lemuel, the sons of Ishmael, and all those who had descended from the Nephites, and who were Amalekites and Zoramites and the descendants of the priests of Noah. It's said quite a list of enemies here. That's a lot of enemies. Right. The Nephites are Spider-Man facing the Sinister Six. All characters <laughs> related to them somehow, all intending to destroy them now. Um, that's so yeah, good. It's that's a good, a good analogy. Well, I mean, they're, they're racking up some enemies and I don't think that's completely not like you can lay some of that at their feet being like, you guys keep treating people terribly. Right. <laughs> um, 
4315, and it came to pass the armies of the Lamanites had gathered together in the land of Antoniam. Behold, the armies of Nephites were prepared to meet them at the land of Jershwan. So the battle in the land of former Nephites, now Lamanites, and former Lamanites, now Nephites. The symbolism of this battle um, is very interesting, which each side shows the other path. It's almost poetic. It's like a little bit of yin-yang. Yeah, it's I, cool. I really like that. Alma 43:17. And Moroni took all the command and the government of their wars. And he was only 25 years old when he was appointed chief captain of the armies of the Nephites. And here he is, Cap. <laughs> the anti-hero of the Book of Mormon. He truly is an anti-hero. Because, like, what does he do? He just murders people and takes off his shirt. <laughs> that's, that's the word I used with Adrian that got me in so much trouble. It's not murder! Oh. Not some of it, but some of it's definitely murder. Okay. Mm-hmm. Alma 4324. And it came to pass, the word of the Lord came unto Alma, and Alma informed the messengers of Moroni that the armies of the Lamanites were marching round about the wilderness. Um, and those messengers went and delivered the message unto Moroni. Alma, the secret we- weapon, but only when it comes to protection. Right? He's not like, you can go find them here. He's like, okay, yeah, go protect the people. Um, Could you imagine, like wars we're in now mm-hmm. what if world war ii they had gone to the the prophet, prophet at the time be like can you pray about where hitler is <laughs> and he's like germany <laughs> yeah. no, more, it'd, like, be, it'd be more like hey where are they gonna attack and he'd be like pearl harbor that's more of like yeah. what it would be no i know it's just a weird it's a weird spirit power we, we talk about spirit powers. Yeah, in this that. is, I mean, like, people, like, modern audiences would hate this because, like, that is not how the priesthood works. <laughs> you can't just astral project your, I mean, sorry, mix that up. You can't just, anyways. You can only use lightning coming out of Nephi's hands. <laughs> if he's a bad guy, which he's not, he would never use the force for that. He yeah, only cuts people's it, head off. It was green lightning. Listen, Laban shot first. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did a spit take yeah. all over. Uh, Alma forty three thirty, and he also knowing that it was the only the desire of the Nephites to preserve their lands and their liberty and their church. Therefore, he thought it was no sin that he should defend them by stratagem. Therefore, he found uh, by his spies which course the Lamanites were to take. It is no sin to defend your land from invaders. Interesting message for our modern times, isn't it? Uh, we look at terrorists, in, especially in their home countries, as evil, killing young Americans over in Iraq, but it's like, it kind of is their country. So I don't know what we're talking about. Right. Uh, this is probably going to offend more yeah. than everybody, but <laughs> it's just hard for me when reading the book of Mormon to be like, well, if, if you felt like your freedom and your lands were being taken, then yes, you would fight however you could. Right. Um, also, this is starting to feel a little bit like a justification for war as opposed to an actual excuse. Well, it's hard. Because then the people will be like, but they try to take our freedom first. You know yeah. what I mean? And then so it's everyone. Okay. There's no one that goes to war that's like, we're the villains and we're going to kill them. <laughs> right. Everyone thinks they're right. Alma 43, uh, 37. And the work of death commenced on both sides, but it was more dreadful on the part of the Lamanites for their nakedness was exposed to the heavy blows of the Nephites with their swords and scimitars. Scimitars? Scimitars? Scimitars. Centaurs? Which is it? S-C-I-M-I-C-A-R? Scimitars. Scimitars. Those are the ones that are like Prince of Persia swords. Yeah. Uh, which brought death al- almost at every stroke. Um, there's no glory in this battle. This passage seemed to indicate sadness and loss in a way that other battles haven't. That's why I'm like, I, th- these are weird scriptures because it kind of makes you feel a little iffy. There's there's a little bit of like, yeah. this is not good. 
but when we people reflect on Captain Morona, we just think of him as like this glorious war hero. You know? Yeah, which is weird because again, it's like the work of death commenced on both. sides. If you think that sounds good, if you're like, yeah, yeah. then it's like this is a book about Jesus. You guys remember that? <laughs> yeah, work, work of death. death. <laughs> Alma forty three forty three. Now, in this case, the Lamanites did fight exceedingly, yea, never had the Lamanites been known to fight with such exceedingly great strength and courage. No, not even from the beginning. Is there a note of respect here? Yeah. Uh, how does the text want us to feel about this? It seems that Mormon, at least, realizes how messed it up as they were killing men who are just trying to flee. And there was respect for how they fight. Or later, when they're recounting it, everyone's like, he just killed the people fleeing? They're like, but listen, they fought very valiantly. <laughs> Reminds me of a coach that's like, you got to give the Jazz credit, you know? They showed up to play. We just had the better team tonight. <laughs> oh, too real, Brian. I know. Alma 43-44. Yea, they did fight like dragons, and many of the Nephites were slain by their hands. Like dragons, Jordan. Again. <laughs> this is the second reference yes, to dragons? Yes, this, this is the third reference if you call the fiery serpents dragons. Right. Uh, again, I just thought they were fire snakes. <laughs> well, again, mythological elements invoked in this Christian text, which I, kind of makes our Book of Mormon just a little bit cooler than the Bible. But we've already talked about how that's cool before. And again, <laughs> uh, a begrudging respect for Lamanites is coming through here. There is a very odd through line of, yeah, we, but we, these guys are good. Like, they're fighting. They're, they're doing good. Right. This means we feel guilty. This is if you're if you're a narrator, if you're either Moroni or Helaman or even Mormon, you're reading this going like, but it seems like they're just doing what you would expect them to do. Yeah, here's what made me feel icky about this, because this these ones Nephites are just being convinced to do whatever whatever somebody else wants. Yeah, and so it's because the the idea of Lamanites in the church we think of as like Native Americans being mm-hmm. there. And so there's this idea, like, quote unquote, sad, like gro- gross, like Native American stereotypes, stereotypes come right. up in this, and I don't really like it because we don't even necessarily know if this is where it happened. Mm-hmm. And but I feel like people read this and be like, Native Americans. But every uh, single bad guy is a white dude that came down and took advantage of the people. Right. The, no, the Lamanites are never evil. It's the people that come and take advantage of their. Their... But I guess it's not the evil; it's the small-mindedness of them yeah. that makes it makes me just feel a little weird I reading. I don't even I don't know what exactly I'm saying, but it was an uncomfortable passage to read, thinking of how we what view, we view what Lamanites became. You know, I agree. Anyway, Alma forty three forty five. Nevertheless, the Nephites were inspired by a better cause, for they were not fighting for monarchy nor power, nor they were fighting for their homes, or but they were fighting for their homes and their liberties and their wives and their children. And they're all, yea, their rites of worship in their church. And they were doing that which they felt was the duty that they owed their God. For the Lord God had said unto them, and also unto their fathers, that insomuch ye are not guilty of the first offense, neither the second, ye shall not suffer yourselves to be slain by the hands of your enemies. So, a couple things here. First of all, the Book of Mormon clearly condemns preemptive war. This is as, as clear as it can be. Secondly, um, no war, bad wars have been fought when they people think they were doing their duty to God. <laughs> Right. That's not an excuse. <laughs> Every terrible war ever is like, well, our God is right, so they deserve to die. <laughs> right, exactly. It's ridiculous. Um, Alma 4353, uh, Zarah saw the men of Lehi on the east of the river Sidian, and the armies of Moroni on the west of the river Sidian, and they were encircled about by the Nephites, and they were struck with terror. Now Moroni, when he saw their terror, commanded his men that they should stop shedding their blood. 
And I just, as I read this, I was like, this is just going to end poorly. <laughs> you just yeah. get a pit in your stomach as you're reading this. You're like, mm, this is bad. This like, I was trying to think of a, of a fictional equivalent of like, no, something really bad is going to, I mean, maybe the red wedding is the only other time where I was like, oh, this is happy, but something's really wrong. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, just, you start a getting a foreboding. Foreboding. Dread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alma 44.8, now it came to pass that, this one drives me nuts, and when it came to pass that when Zemnar Hemna had heard these sayings, he came forth and delivered up his sword and his scimitar and his bow and the ha- and into the hands of Moroni and said unto him, Behold, here are weapons of war, we will deliver them up unto you, but we will not suffer ourselves to take an oath unto you, which we know that we shall break, and also our children, but take our weapons of war and suffer that we may depart of the wilderness, otherwise we will retain our swords and we will perish or conquer. And I just think that's reasonable. Right. Uh, you know this is a doomed compromise. Uh, the Lamanites refuse to take an oath they will not fulfill. Is that not honorable? They're being honorable. They're like, no, we can't. Right? But is the oath just them saying we're not going to attack you anymore? Is that what Moroni's asking or what does he ask? What's He's asking them to take an oath of freedom. Which, again, what's the oath of freedom? It's like, our wives, our kids, our... Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just This really rubbed me the wrong way. It's like they surrendered. Send yeah, them cause, back. Because then Moroni goes off a little bit more, and that's when Zerma's like, oh, F you, man. Yeah, screw this. Uh, Alma 44, uh, 9. Behold, we are not of your faith. Oh, this this bugs me. <laughs> Sorry. Behold, we are not of your faith. We do not believe that it is God that has delivered us into your hands. We believe that it is your cunning that has perver- preserved you from our swords. Behold, it is your breastplates and your shields that have preserved you. I'll just point out that the text kind of supports this as well. It goes to great lengths of being like, they have shields. These guys are in loincloths. <laughs> right. Um, and now when Zarahemna had made an end of speaking these words, Moroni returned the sword and the weapons of war, and he had received, and unto Zarahemna saying, Behold, we will end the conflict. <laughs> And I'm sure there are some hoorah-rahs out there that are like, yeah, we will end this conflict. But again, book about Jesus. These people are our brothers and sisters. Uh, covenants and oaths should not be taken because of a penalty. This isn't freedom. This is fear, as Captain Mar- or Captain America would say. <laughs> the real cap. <laughs> <laughs> Alma 44:13, and it came to pass that the soldier who stood by who smote off the scalp of Zarahemna took up the scalp off the ground by the hair and laid it on the point of his sword and stretched it forth unto them and I said Nephites they're the good guys remember <laughs> <laughs> they're not the good guys <laughs> Alma 44:17, and Amoroni was angry because of the stubbornness of the Lamanites therefore he commanded his people that they should fall upon them and slay them and it came to pass that they began to slay them yea and the Lamanites did contend with their swords and their might yeah, this, this is great. Sounds right, right, right? That's not terrible. This isn't like a horrific massacre. No, it is. Alma forty four twenty two, and it came to pass that they did cast their dead into the waters of Sidian, and they have gone forth and are buried in the depths of the sea. And I said, "Welcome to the war chapters. Some dark shit." They shouldn't also you don't put bodies in the water. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad place. But there's put so them. many Lamanites bodies in that water uh, between Alma and Moroni. Okay, Alma 44.5, by our faith, by our religion, by our rights of worship, and by our church, and by the sacred support which we owe to our wives and our children, by the liberty that which binds our lands and our country. Moroni really likes this phrase. He keeps saying it no matter where he goes. He keeps promoting his book, Title of Liberty, now available at Desert Book. <laughs> my just, liberty, my wives. The words just don't mean anything. I don't, it, I don't understand what he's referring to. Well, he's protecting them. He's protecting our wives, our children, our liberty, our religion, our God. God doesn't need your protection, Moroni. But it says in memory of. Yeah, it's very odd. <laughs> it's very odd. 
And recently, a politician in Utah said, put this on as, it says, for our wives, our liberty, and our God. And it was against a Jewish person he was running against. And the church came out and, like, condemned this guy. It's like, no, 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 you do not get to bring up Captain Moroni when you're running against someone who's Jewish. That's not a cool thing. Right. Utah. We're was, the good guys, remember? Was this the Shireen election? No, not Shireen. It's, uh, it was the state senator. Oh. A state representative. Alma 45, 9, but behold, I have somewhat to prophesy unto thee. But what I prophesy unto thee, you shall not make known. Yea, what I prophesy unto thee shall not be made known, even until the prophecy is fulfilled. Therefore, write the words which I say. So this is a secret prophecy, not to be told by anyone. And why is that, Jordan? Because it's sacred. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's funny, though. No, because it's about the utter destruction of the people. And it would probably be... Pre- Can you imagine uh, <laughs> President Nelson getting up and being like, okay, guys, well, I got a prophecy. It seems that every Mormon ever born and will it be ever born will die at the end of 400 years. But, I'm out! <laughs> but why... The, my question, why does he get this prophecy? Uh, well, you, it'll become more important as time goes on. Because remember, the, the Nephi that greets Christ, he knows this prophecy. How does he know? Nobody was supposed to talk about it. Helaman, well, they pass it down the line. It's right. a family secret. <laughs> Alma 45, 11 through 12. Even unto the people of Nephi shall become extinct. Yea, and this because they shall dwindle in unbelief and fall into the works of darkness and lavishness and all iniquities. Yea, I send to you that because they shall sin so great, uh, they shall sin against so great light and knowledge. Yea, I send to you from all that day, even the fourth generation shall not pass away before this iniquity shall come. Basically, this marks a dramatic tension uh, for the, the rest of the Book of Mormon. If the, you know, this is very Hitchcockian, being like, and now I'm going to tell you that everyone you see on the screen will die. Enjoy the rest of the movie, right? <laughs> this is a typical dramatic tension uh, re- uh, rhetorical tool right. to tell you what what the majority of these characters will not know going forward. Um, and it, it kind happens of makes, in Annihilation. It does. Yeah, I love Annihilation. Yeah, and I'm I throwing I, it out there. And I think it's it's interesting because. Again, all of these war chapters now kind of take a weird turn of like, well, what are they doing? What are we even doing? Why is Moroni fighting if they're all going to be dead in 400 years? And if we know Christ comes at some point, what are, what are we doing? The only thing I can think is protecting the Ammonites. And okay, I'm, I'm down with that. I'm down with protecting the yeah. Ammonites. Alma 45.18, and when Alma had done this, he departed out of the land of Zarahemla um, as if to go into the land of Moloch, and it came to pass that he was never heard of more to his death or burial we know not. So Alma, before he leaves, blesses his sons and the church, curses the land, and then just pieces out. Does he curse the land or does he bless the land? No, he curses the land. He blesses the church and his sons. That's it. Uh, uh, And I said... Cue the Family Guy cutscene where we see uh, Alma going into the forest and just whistling, and then a panther just jumps out and kills him. <laughs> I think he was translated. Is, so is Moloch a part of the Nephite land right now? Uh, it's yeah, it's at the very top of Moloch. Of, of so the is land. he just going up to preach? Is that what he was doing? I don't like, know. That's... that's they don't know either. <laughs> yeah. Um. Alma forty six four and Amalekiah was desirous to be king, and those people who were wroth were also desirous that they should be their king, and they were the greater part of the lower judges of the land, and they were seeking power. So um, Amalekiah seeks to subvert democracy and establish monarchy in the land. Is it any coincidence this happens as more immigrants come into the lands of the Nephites, and after a long and terrible war just basically ended? This should sound a little bit familiar because most strongman presidents, leaders, come out of a desire to try to protect what they have right and so the people who support Malachi, they're like 
this isn't working. Like, look, like, who, who are we even fighting? We're fighting a bunch of Nephites. Why are we fighting Nephites? Well, the Lamanites have Jershwan. Like, what are we doing? Right. So this is a, this is a kind of typical political uh, act uh, to see Amalekai do this. Uh, Alma 4611. And now it came to pass that when Moroni, who was the chief commander of the armies of the Nephites, had heard of the dissension, he was angry with Amalekiah. And it came to pass that he rent his coat and took a piece thereof and wrote upon it, in memory of our God, our religion, our freedom, and our peace, and our wives, and our children. And he fastened it onto a pole. And it said, Captain Moroni, leader of the resistance? Question <laughs> mark. Nah, I have a feeling he just liked taking his shirt off. Because he was ripped. He's so ripped. Alma 46.29, therefore, fearing that he should not gain the point, he took those of his people who would and departed in the land of Nephi. And again, we see the tradition of Nephite baddies going into the south to join the Lamanites. This continues here. Alma 46.35, um, and it came to pass that whosoever of the Amalekites, you already brought this up, they, he just kills people in the name of freedom because they don't agree yeah. to do something, which is despotism. It literally is tr- tyranny, but fine whatever well, can you imagine it's being, like it's being like, at those executions to be like this guy will not, refuses to be free we'll kill him yeah <laughs> yeah double speak it's very orwellian um alma 47 3 and commanded him that he should go forth and compel them to arms so both moroni and amalekai this is amalekiah use force to compel their will onto others and that's not christ's plan people <laughs> these are two types of satan yeah i'm we're gonna get Ooh. so much crap for this but well, anonymous emails. When, when you try, when you try to force people to do the right thing, that is literally Satan's plan. Right. And Malachi, at least, is more honest with himself. It's like I want power. Yeah. He's, he's like the little oh right here. And it came to pass that he delivered his men contrary to the commands of the king. Now this, this was the thing that Amalekiah desired that he might accomplish his designs in dethroning the king. And I said, this is treachery. I have a feeling Amalekai and Littlefinger would get along. This is a very he little was very fi- little fingery. He is little <laughs> little fingery. Okay. Um, but I think one thing to point out is that this this helps us contextualize two things, and that Moroni is very much like a Malachiah, mm-hmm. but also that Satan's plan, in essence, isn't necessarily a bad plan. No, it's right? in the execution. It just, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and so it's really easy to well, see the, people. Well, the point of the plan is to grow and learn, and if you force people to do something, that doesn't happen. Same with right. freedom. Freedom can't be forced because then what are we doing? What's the point of this? Right. So that's what I'm saying. But it's easy to, when we see people that we consider good doing the same plan, it's hard to see through it and be like, oh, that's Satan's plan because it sounds good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Because, because the end is, it would justify the means. It's like, right. well, we got to defend our, our homeland. We got to defend our wives and our kids and our freedom. Yeah. So we'll kill all these people that refuse to be free. <laughs> <laughs> Double speak. Um, I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but when they ki- kill the king, I just said Kingslayer. Uh, this is the secret combinations and works of darkness that we are warned so much about. This is the beginning of that, right? Because Malachi, every other political leader up until this point, it just does things through might and through cunning. He is literally like going back on honor and and yeah, the society is not red, ready for this, and it will destroy the society. And uh, and Malachi is the precursor to the real terrorist uh joker figure in the book of mormon and that's gaddy anton um who is truly evil uh alma 4735 um it came to pass that amalekiah sought the favor of the queen and took her uh unto him to wife um 
Cold Amalekai. That's cold. Amalekai. So cold. Amalekai is the most competent villain we have had so far in the Book of Mormon, though. He's, Every other one's kind of like a bumbling doofus. It legit is fun to read it. Yeah. Because he does a great... He's a, as a plot line, as a villain, he's got a good... A good but really, like, it reminds me of like season two of House of Cards, yeah, where he's saying all these things, but you know he has a real plan, and mm-hmm. you're actually sure what the real plan is. Yep. And then it just all works out, and the end's like he just he's king now, he's yep. president now. You know, he's what I mean? on that throne, uh-huh. and it can only go bad from there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alma forty-eight eleven, and Moroni was a strong and mighty man. He was a man of perfect understanding, yea, a man that did not delight in bloodshed, a man whose soul did joy in the liberty and the freedom of his country and his brethren from bondage and slavery. Uh, but not bondage and slavery. He does. He delighteth in bondage and slavery of the Lamanites. But, right. Um, <laughs> it's different. Uh, listen, Helaman, who I presumably has the plates. Same sex attraction is is a struggle. <laughs> it's okay if you have those feelings. You just can't act on them from Moroni. Jeez. Does writing scripture about somebody <laughs> count as acting on them? He, well, <laughs> he. Re- I mean, again, I still have a kind of a pet theory that Moroni is writing this part, and he's like, "If all men were alike unto me." Well, that whole scripture is weird because because that chapter is where he's like, and he's pretty much as cool as like all of Alma and his brother. Yeah. you know what I mean? So weird. He's just as cool as Alma. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, no one's as cool as Jacob, so you can all just shut up. <laughs> he, again, Captain Moroni is not a prophet. Like, who is this guy? No, no one... Remember when we had Gideon? Remember Gideon that goes and fights uh, Noah? King yeah, Noah? Uh-huh. There was never anybody like, man, and he's the man. And wasn't he the man? It's just like, he's a Gideon. And then the prophet came along. Yeah. Here, there's like some hero worship going on. I think it's that he gets the title Captain Moroni, which so makes weird. him sound like really cool. Yeah. Alma 48, 14. Yay. And they were also taught never to give an offense. Yay. They were... N- Never to raise the sword except it were against an enemy, except it were to preserve their lives. Again, another warning about uh, preemptive war. I just don't know how many times we had to do that. Um, Yea, verily, verily, I say unto you, if all men had been or were and would ever be like unto Moroni, behold, the very powers of hell would have been shaken forever. Yea, the devil would have never have power over the hearts of the children of men. Well, first of all, that's because they'll all be dead. Um, (laughs) If you like Moroni so much, why don't you marry him, Helaman, is what I wrote here. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Alma forty eight twenty four. Nevertheless, they could not suffer to lay down their lives, that their wives and their children could be massacred by the barbarous cruelty of those who were once their brother and yea, and had dissented from their church and had gone and uh, joined with the Lamanites to destroy them. Have to respect wanting to defend your families, but the Christ-like thing to do would be to allow just that, to allow them to do whatever they want, because immediately when you allow them, they stop like ten minutes later. They're like, this isn't fun anymore. Right. Um, just like the Ammonites did. Uh, Alma 49.8, they were prepared for them in a manner which never had been known among the children of Lehi. I just really liked the children of Lehi. I think it's the first time we'd ever heard that. Oh, interesting. And again, every part of this scripture feels like it's written a weird way. I don't know how to feel. The children of Lehi. We've never referred to all of the Lamanites and the Nephites together. That's just never, they're they're over there, we're over Uh here. That line is like unifying. Um, Yeah, that's really interesting. Alma 49, this last one, Alma 49, 27, yea, he was exceedingly wroth, and he did curse God, and also Moroni, swearing with an oath that he would drink his blood, and this because Moroni had kept the commandments of God. And the narrator says, he won't. <laughs> he won't be drinking his blood. But yeah, those were some intense chapters. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Let's jump, uh, hurry into some Three Degrees of Glory. Three degrees of story. Okay, Brian, here's mine. Yeah. Number one, legitimately the Amalekiah story. 
-hmm. It's a really interesting passage, and he does weird things to make his plans work. So to me, that was very... I was like kind of cheering for him, actually. I know you don't (laughs) like the devil comparison, but I do think it's apt in the way he treats the people who help him. Like, he's like uh, Lehiana. What's his name again? Lahontai. Lahontai. He's like, hey, let's work together. And then immediately kills him. Right? Like, you can't trust this guy. He does not support his children of the last day. No, but there's this gratitude. That's why my cousin, House of Cards, he doesn't support anyone either. Yeah. But you're cheering for him because you yeah. just want him. Because everybody's kind of icky, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's exciting for this guy well, to get to the top. And, th- and that's one of the reasons you start cheering for a character like this. It's like, well, everyone in this universe is totally terrible. Right. I mean, and Alma, who is the only one I kind of am like, I'm still with, or Ammon, they're not even in this anymore. So I don't know who to cheer for. Yeah, exactly. Anyways. Um, so another favorite part, well, this one, I don't, it's actually kind of disappointing from a narrative standpoint, is Alma just disappearing into nothingness. Mm-hmm. But it, the mystery of it, it's a really weird thing that somebody just wasn't like, oh, he was translated. Like, yeah. whoever's writing, just say, like. But they're like, maybe he was. I feel like there might be, like, a cover-up going on. That's why, I feel like somebody killed him. <laughs> That's on take. Someone <laughs> killed my... Alma. Who would have killed him? Somebody high up on the good side. <laughs> yeah, That's what I think. Captain Moreau. So like he just he was going to Mulek. Didn't really say why. To me, it's so. There no, should be true. more. I agree. There. I'm with you. Um, I'm not saying for sure, but like 99 percent sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if I have a third. So this part, nothing was like super gratifying in these yeah. scriptures. The the scalping thing, just because I've heard it so many times, and it's such a bonk, weird story. Maybe mm-hmm. would make a top three, but. You go for it. I, no, I actually agree. I think the Amalekai stuff is the most enlightening here. I think my favorite part of these scriptures was the preemptive war stuff. I've always been very anti-war. Mostly because I imagine myself in war and I'm like, this sounds terrible. Yeah. I would much rather die. I think we've said this. I'd much rather die than have to kill someone. I do not want to have to kill anyone. War sounds terrible. Not just because yeah. you die, but because you have to kill people. I think it's just awful. Yeah. And a Christian church should not want to go to war. And, and and should be very, very cautious to say, let's go kill people. Even in, in service of protecting others, which is a very righteous desire, it still is a little bit selfish to say, like, I will impose my will on this, this situation. Um, yeah, I'm with you. So I, I have weird feelings about America and, and war. Um, one thing, this is the one time you're going to hear me praise President Trump. It doesn't seem like he is willing to go to war. And he could. I mean, he could probably do it to get his ratings to go up, but he doesn't. But he sure does a lot of things that feel like war's coming. Maybe. He antagonizes. Yeah, but I can deal with an antagonizer. I mean, right. if you look at George Bush and Donald Trump, you could say, George Bush, good guy. Donald Trump, terrible, terrible dude. But as far as, like, blood uh, on their hands, George Bush got a lot of blood on his hands. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, so, um, yeah, I, I agree with yours, and I didn't have a concrete one besides that, so. Yeah. Let's do some Title of Liberty. <laughs> Title of Liberty. Well, this winners and losers is in memory of my wife, my children, because <laughs> that's what a that's what it means. Our liberty, our children, yeah. our peace. Winner for me, absolutely, as far as this point of story, Amalekai. Yeah, He for goes sure. from nobody Nephite yeah. to king of the Lamanites. Yeah. Within, like, a very short amount of time. Yeah. And then is like, I'm not going back up there to fight like everyone else. I'm staying here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually, that was my winner, too. He's, okay. the, he's the clear winner 
of this book of scripture. I actually have a. I'm going to go first on loser. You've changed my mind, loser Alma, because he might have been assassinated. That's that was my thing. Hashtag who killed Alma? Hashtag who killed? We need a making a murderer thing about (laughs) the death because he just disappears. Yeah, but the one thing is he gave Helaman the plates, which would make Helaman a prime suspect. But Helaman's the man. Right, but it just seems weird to me. It is very weird. Like, why didn't Helaman know? I don't know. Where's Dav's going? Uh, Good question. Where's Corianton in all this? Where's that Corianton? <laughs> Calls his daughter-in-law a whore, and then all of a sudden, I love her dad. <laughs> I loved her. It's it's freaking uh, the dwarf killing his dad on the yeah, toilet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tyrion. <laughs> uh, okay, that's the hashtag. Who's your loser? That's legit. Uh, that, yeah, Alma. He's, he's still man. Funny that Moroni's not in this, Captain Moroni, because he's not. He gets what he wants. Does he? What does he want? And to be a 25-year-old bro? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've, I actually struggled a lot with trying to, like... I'm like, Brian, try to not be prideful and say, like, what's redeeming about Moroni? And I could not think of anything. He's a good, like... What legit, is he? He's a strong warrior. Is he, though? But only because he listens to Alma. Like, yeah. I, he did a good job, like, not just, like, going attack. Like, he's just strategic... Yeah. But I don't know if it's... That makes him more diabolical. Right. Like, I'm... he, like, chased people into, like, a valley and then just, like, encircled them and is like, give us your weapons, covenant to us, or you'll die. And then killed people. The yeah. cooler thing to do then would be, like, you're gone. I mean, how many times in the Book of Mormon has this happened? Like, remember when, uh, back in, with King Noah, where the, the they bring in the king, you're like, just let him go. Just let the guy go. Right. And you, you could then say, well, but that guy came back and the, they should have killed him. And it's like, yes, but again, it's a book about Jesus. Right. What are we doing? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, Moroni is a hard character to know his motivations. But to me, it just sounds like a 25-year-old. Yeah. I mean, when the life expectancy is like 40. Yeah. I guess that's wise. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I want to know more. Like, I want to know a bunch of stuff. Like, what does Almulek think of this war? What does Ammon think of this war? Yeah, where are all these where people? Are all these, where all did they go? Characters. They probably they were, all, them they in the were all killed. <laughs> yeah. These are the Walking Dead episodes <laughs> yeah. where it's just like two of the people. I'm like, what's going on with the rest of the team? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Couldn't get them back this year. They, yeah. got, they had conflicts. They had movies they were doing. Can't do series anymore. <laughs> well, Jordan. Oh, that... we, we need to announce. Mm-hmm. We found out something very exciting going back to Corianton last. Yeah. A movie was made. <laughs> in called, the 1920s. Called Unholy Love. Corianton, a story of unholy love. And I asked you where I could find it. I want to watch this movie. I, there's like things about it on like BYU, but I don't know if the, you can find the tape. But did you did you read about it? Yes. It was a play. Yeah. They took it to Broadway. And people hated it. And people hated it. Because <laughs> they were like, what, what is, is this? What is even going on? But this is the thing. It was not the first Book of Mormon musical then. No. I mean, Book of Mormon musical was not the first <laughs> Book of Mormon musical. There was one before it that flopped. And then they made a movie about it. I... I imagine the church had the destroyed because that's embarrassing. But uh, this is the moment here today and now is the moment for Mormon media to do well because all everything in streaming, everything on TV is like, I want deep mythology stuff. Deep. We need deep mythology. Deep mythology. Yeah, that's right. There's some deep mythology here. We need. Yeah. I mean, like you can do a Corianton story and do a really good job. He's like in love with this girl during the war. She's in the South. His dad just kicked him out. He's like, what am I doing? Right. He witnesses some of these battles. Sees that Captain Moroni is actually, like, the worst. Right. Witnesses a Malachiya. Anyways, yeah. it'll be fun. We're going to find that movie and also hashtag who killed Alma. Hashtag who killed Alma. <laughs> well, Jordan, that was a fun podcast. That was a great one for Brian. To Jordan. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.